Welcome to Fractured with Douglas Reynolds. I just want to start by saying this is the first time I've ever done anything like this. Um, I've never, I've never been a public speaker. I've never been in a position where I'm broadcasting. So forgive me if it's a little chunky, but I feel that you know in today's divisive political climate that we need more voices. Uh, we need the ability to sort of network with each other and get the word out about truth uh, in, in everything, re- regardless of, of uh, how polarizing the topic may be. We more than ever need to be able to communicate. We need to be able to unionize our thoughts and actions. When I speak to people sort of out in the world every day, I hear unity more than division. And even with people that I disagree with fundamentally on all the big topics, there's still more in common than we have in disagreement. And so I think when we start to eliminate mass propaganda media paid for by special interest groups, start getting that out of our lives and flushing the lies out of our system and start direct to consumer, if you will, communications, we start to get more at the truth. We start to get more at the unity and the shared ideals that we all hold in common and focus less on the parts that divide us, which are fewer than people give credit. One of the things I wanted to talk about today specifically is the insurance industry. I hold in my hand a subpoena that I received two days ago from the state of Florida because I had the audacity to demand treatment. My significant other was in a not-at-fault accident uh, five and a half years ago. She's driving her car to work, first day on a new job. An inexperienced driver pulled out in front of her Um, and then stopped, blinking doe eyes as my girlfriend I had not yet met. Careened through the intersection, slamming on the brakes, trying to avoid this nightmare scenario where she's got oncoming traffic to the left, parked, stopped cars to the right, and a stopped vehicle in front of her. There was no avoiding a collision in that scenario. She stands on that brake hard as she can and aims away from the driver of the car that created the problem. Hitting the front section of the car and injuring herself. Her injuries have, are pretty, pretty substantial bulging disc in the top of her neck, bulging disc in the bottom of her back, and sciatic pain 
all day, every day for half a decade. The reason I bring this up is because her doctors, 11 and counting, surgeons all, have told her from day one, and her lawyer too, you're not hurt that bad. You need to wait 18 months for your, quote, injuries to settle down before we can assess and treat you. Meanwhile, during that 18-month period, she had five offers of settlement. And every time her lawyer, her lawyer, her advocate, called her into the office and broke her down into tears, berating her about why she won't sign this agreement to settle when she hasn't even been treated. She hasn't even begun treatment for her injuries, and she's getting belittled, accused of lying and exaggerating her injuries, and pressured to sign an agreement to settle when she's in daily agony and hasn't even been treated. Five years this has gone on, and I meet her, I don't know anything about this. I don't know this is what's going on. I found out pretty quickly she was in an accident, but I didn't know all of the situation surrounding it. In any case, I start, I start being able to sort of gain access to her worldview of this, of this scenario, reading the documents they mail to her where they say, it, they give her an offer. She's like, I don't know whether to sign this or not. And I, and my only suggestion, my only advice for her is, how can you sign that document? They haven't treated you. They haven't fixed any of your injuries. How can you expect to sign or how can you be expected to sign a settlement offer when you have no idea what's even wrong with you yet? It has been diagnosed, but not treated. So how do we know the cost of treatment? For the rest of her life, she has permanent injuries. And so she doesn't sign it. And then when she goes to these doctor appointments, they're implicitly telling her she's exaggerating. She's not representing the truth about her injuries. And they come at her with lies. They say, well, the last time you came in, you were complaining about your left side, and now you're complaining about your right side. I've seen this interaction happen from more than one doctor. And that's never been the case. She has always had pain only on the right side. The reason I'm venting about this is because now I'm involved. Because I had the audacity to show up and demand treatment. And the very first time I did that, she had been to the same doctor 20 times over five and a half years. And as soon as an angry white guy shows up and starts demanding treatment, what do you know? She gets treatment within 
six weeks of me showing up for the first time. She is on the schedule for a disc fusion in her neck, which was very successful. It reduced her pain by about 30-ish percent on a day-to-day basis. It was successful. So that was reason for hope. That was about a year ago. And they said, well, you're going to have to wait a year after the surgery before we can assess your other injuries and start a treatment plan for those. Meanwhile, now we're coming up on the statute of limitations for a claim in the state of Florida. You might be interested to know, along with 12 other states, it's a no-fault state, meaning if you're in a if you're the victim of a not at fault auto and auto accident, you have to sue your own insurance company to get any treatment at all. And so what they and they and it's a years-long process. They give you what's called a letter of protection. And so you bring that letter of protection to all your all your doctors, all your medical providers, chiropractor, whoever you're seeing. You offer them that letter of protection. It means they're compelled to treat you uh, with the understanding that they will not get paid for years until this thing is settled. So that's why you have pressure from every single person who purports themselves to be your advocate to shut up and sign the fucking document ending your ability to seek treatment and have it paid for by the insurance company who by law is responsible to cover these treatments. Well, what they're doing this entire time is delaying it because they know that whatever they bill, their billable hours are going to get cut by 50 to 70%. So if they need $20,000 for the treatment that they know they're going to have to give you, they first need to bill far greater billable hours on you before they treat you. Otherwise, they're never going to get paid the right amount. It's a fucked up system. And because I had the audacity to show up and start demanding these people start treating the patient and not their pocketbooks, they're going to depose me in a couple of weeks. And they're going to try to find some some defensible position on why they've conspired to guarantee the victim of a not-at-fall accident has been in agony every single day for half a decade. They're going to find some way, they're going to try to find some way to discredit me for defending her. That's the point of a deposition. It's an adversarial role on their part to try to pick you apart and get you on record. And so that is the focus of my 
frustration today is that this entire system, this entire insurance-based system is a fucking racket. It's a disgusting sham that is intended to create injustice and make sure that the people get paid who have to deal with this bureaucratic nightmare and that the patient, the victim, gets further victimized by the process. It's fucking disgusting and I am over it and I'm going to do everything in my power to create change in this way. And if that means I take the stand for defense counsel and say these things to a jury and open the eyes of regular Americans to the injustices that are being created for no reason but money at the expense of victims, that doesn't even, none of these things even touch the newest revelation which is that she's been misdiagnosed by 11 doctors. She has a bulging disc in the lower back that does create pain daily. 10 different doctors have said, this injury is not that bad. We don't feel comfortable treating you because we don't believe that it's creating as much pain as you say it is maybe when you're 80 years old this is a quote this is a quote from brett the physician's assistant the gatekeeper to the surgeon the person we almost always see maybe when you're 80 you can come see us she's 45 years old maybe when you're 80 years old we'll do you a favor and end your fucking pain Okay, maybe it was an exact quote. Maybe when you're 80, we can treat you. Maybe when you're 80, we can do this surgery. And we leave that office that day. I am speechless. I can't believe what we're hearing. After a successful surgery on her neck, they fuse. It's amazing what they did. They cut a tiny little one inch incision in her neck and cut out a disc, the bone, and just pull the pieces out and replace it with metal scaffolding. It's amazing. Miracle of modern science. And we're hopeful now, a year ago, that, okay, we're, we're on the right path. We've, we're doing it right. We're, we got their attention now. Things are going the right direction. Uh, but now they're saying, no, we're done. We're done here. We got our $100,000 surgery done. So... To do another one is going to take another two years of, of, of dragging it out and making you come in for appointments you don't need so we can put billable hours on your file. That we don't have, we know you don't have time to do that because we did this on purpose and timed it so the statute of limitations only allows so much treatment before the insurance company is off the hook. So they intentionally misdiagnosed her. So what I did is she's in tears of course like she, she's like how am I supposed to how am I supposed to be ex- expected to live my life in agony like this and believe me I am not exaggerating when I show when I tell you that if I see her in the driver's seat of a vehicle or if I see her sitting on a chair or if I see her 
laying on a couch in one position without moving for more than 20 minutes. And then she stands. If you blur out everything except the movement of her body when she gets off that couch or when she gets out of that chair or when she climbs out of that vehicle, if you didn't look at her face, you would know. You would know with certainty that that is an elderly person. You would know that that is a person in great pain. You would know that that is a person with a broken down body. But she's not 80. She's 45 years old. And she moves like my grandmother did in the years before her death. And that's why I'm fucking furious about this because it's on it's intentional. It's intentional. They drag it out because they're only concern is not the Hippocratic Oath. Their only concern is their next sports car or boat or whatever fucking toy they get to have that the rest of us don't. They're complicit. And I'm fighting against that for this deposition. But the revelation I distracted myself from is that I insisted she go to a doctor outside the circle of influence of these fucks. Her lawyer, the other team's lawyer, they've both demanded she go to specific doctors. Specific doctor. You're only allowed to go to this doctor. You can't go to the doctor of your choice. You have to go to this particular chiropractor, this particular surgeon. And she's done so. And she's gotten the same negative feedback loop the entire time. You have to wait, you have to wait, you have to wait, you have to wait. Now we'll treat you right before the legal statute of limitations ends. And we've already accrued hundreds of billable hours knowing there's a negotiation process that takes place between the medical industry and the insurance industry. And that the victim of all that is the same every time. It's the victim of the crash, is the victim of this injustice. And what I found out, what we found out, when she opened her provider booklet and selected the first doctor, orthopedic surgeon, in the list of providers her insurance covers, The first doctor who picked up the phone and made an appointment diagnosed her correctly within four minutes without touching her or seeing the injury area or doing any kind of examination just from listening to the victim of a not-at-fault accident tell about her pain. He comes, when she's done talking, the first words out of his mouth are, have you ever been evaluated for an SI joint injury and she says what's that so he says I'll I'll take that as a no and proceeds with his evaluation and says is this where you hurt and she's like oh my god I can't believe you actually put your finger on the exact spot no other doctor has been able to understand my pain until now And he says, well, I'm glad we've got the right 
area, this is a very simple fix. He says, what we need to do is we give you a diagnostic injection where they put a little bit of uh, basically an NSAID in there and a leave that they inject directly into uh, the injury to determine whether or not that's the spot. If it, if it relieves your pain uh, right away, uh, then we know we've got the right spot. And then we do another one of those, and if that also helps, we put in a screw. And a screw basically joins the two parts of the hip bone together so that they can't move apart, which is the problem and why it's pinching her sciatic nerve that runs right through that area. It's the cause of her pain. Doing a 30-second Google search on this injury, there's a lot to learn. Number one, it's misdiagnosed rampantly and in my opinion purposely uh, but this but 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 what's more in- interesting to me and what's more compelling to me is that the treatment for this injury is older than the x-ray they've been fixing this injury for over a hundred years since before the invention of the x-ray before they could look inside your body to see fractures they could they could diagnose and treat this particular injury long ago for very little money because it's simple and easy and not dangerous and not it's it's not like easy to fuck it up it's just simple which is the opposite of the goal for anyone who's trying to rack up billable hours and so she's now on the right path I don't know if that's going to completely fix all of her issues or if that lower back injury is going to require further treatment but one thing is certain one thing is certain she will have to pay out of pocket for that third injury because She's got the the statute of limitations ends in April. So any treatment she gets has to be between now and then because it's been over five years or it will be five, five years since the beginning of this LOP. And that's all you get. They've delayed. They delayed for two years before even the beginning of the treatment. And now she's in a position where she has to hurry up and get one more treatment before her ability to seek medical attention for these injuries goes the fuck away. And so that's all up in the air. And it's the reason for my excitement today. And I do not apologize for my F-bombs, for my anger, for my frustration. I do not apologize. And none of that even goes to the shit that I'm dealing with. I woke up two weeks ago and there's a lump in my chest. There's a fucking baseball sized lump in my like rib cage. 
and I'd been in pain for several days. And I go, I, I can't go to work today, babe. You got just go, and I'm I'm gonna just go to the ER and and have them look at it. I don't have insurance. I'm not allowed to have insurance. You know why I'm not allowed to have insurance? Because I can't prove my income. I'm a I'm a small business owner. I'm self-employed. I do markets. Selling a product I create, you know, it's, it doesn't matter what my business is. The point is, I don't punch a clock. And so I don't have pay stubs and W-2s and all these things. And to be honest, I have been lethargic about getting my affairs in order when it comes to filing my taxes because it's a little overwhelming to be honest with you doing it now point of it is that I go to the ER they take an x-ray they say you've got broken ribs I'm like I'm pretty sure I already knew that what's this bump well we think it's a tumor we need to do a CT scan so they do a CT scan. They said, you have a mass. You have a tumor attached to your rib cage. It needs to be biopsied and it needs to be removed. But we aren't going to do it. Why aren't you going to do it? You know the problem is, you know it needs to come out. You know it needs to be biopsied so I know whether or not I'm dying of cancer. Well, you don't have insurance and those are expensive things to do. And unless you're going to pay out of pocket, uh, we've stabilized your... Vitals, so we're going to discharge you. And if you want those superfluous treatments, you need to either get insurance or pay out of pocket up front. Thousands of dollars I don't have. So they kick me out of the ER, and now I'm reeling. And I'm trying to figure out how can I most effectively... Get on insurance. How can I rapidly? So I live half the year in Oregon and I live half the year in Florida. And I go back and forth. I consider myself an Oregonian, but I spend an equal amount of time in both places. So I've already gone to the DHS in Oregon and I cannot get on OHP there because I can't prove my income. Because if I show them my bank statements, they're going to say, well, you make X amount of money. And I say, yeah, but my expenses are 90%. 90% of my income goes right back into the company. And so I can't prove my income based on my bank statements. The only way to do it is through an actual tax return. So I find a CPA. I got a CPA. He's in St. Petersburg. Seems like a good guy. Used to be an auditor for the IRS. Knows all the red flags. Perfect. Great. Thank you. Here's all my documentation. Here's my information. Here's my worksheet. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Can we please make this expedient so I can get on health insurance? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. No problem. I'll get it done. But taxes are done. They're done. Uh, 18's done. 19's done, uh, but I can't file 19, which is the relevant period. The reason I can't file 19 is because 
We're waiting for the IRS to submit their updates to the tax code. And they supposedly have till the end of this month, tomorrow, to do so, but they apparently are notorious for overstepping their own deadlines. And so I'm literally not capable of paying for insurance at any price, at any price, until the IRS releases their updates and then we can file an accurate return. Once I can do that, then I can get on health insurance and hopefully not be discriminated against for a quote-unquote pre-existing condition. The state of affairs in this country is criminal, it's disgusting, it's backwards, it's draconian, and it's an anomaly. We are the only developed nation in the fucking world where you will just die. They just let you die. They let you die if you don't have insurance. And they won't even let you have insurance if you have extenuating circumstances. You can't have this product that you desperately need and that we require to treat you. You can't have it because of the, the, the life that you chose. You can't have it. You're not allowed to know if you're dying of cancer. You're just not allowed to know. Sorry for your luck. Here's someone that you can talk to about it. Thanks for this business card. It's going to help a lot. So these are today's sources of frustration. There's so much happening right at the same time. It's uh, sometimes unbelievable and overwhelming. But somehow I feel more hopeful than ever. Uh, You know. Bernie's leading in the polls. Bernie's leading nationally. That's a far cry from 16 when he was still an outlier at this point. I believe not in Bernie Sanders. I believe in Bernie Sanders, but my the, the core of what I believe and the reason why I am hopeful is not Bernie Sanders. It's what Bernie Sanders has created. Bernie Sanders has created a movement. It is not superficial when he says, not me, us, because he fully acknowledges that the only way that these policy proposals are going to take action is through you and me standing up and saying, hey, wait a minute. This is my story. This is our voice. We are united and we demand justice. We're not going to fucking sit in the corner and complain anymore. I demand to be able to seek treatment for what could potentially be a life-ending event. I deserve to know if I'm dying of cancer. And I'm fucking fed up with the way that money, interest, Influencers and big business control all the puppet strings, not the great broad strokes, but all the detail down to whether or not I or my significant other can even receive treatment for medical issues that are pervasive, hugely consequential 
action as a result of the lack of medical treatment, the denial of service. It's a, it's, it is, it is beyond frustrating to, to, to even, to even have to conceptualize that it happens to, to, that it's happening to anybody. Even, even an outlier, even an anomaly in the system would, should be an outrage, an outrage that never takes place, but it's happening by the millions. My girlfriend's SI joint injury is misdiagnosed by the tens of millions. There are literally tens of millions of people in this country that have been diagnosed with a low back injury when they have an SI joint injury. And it's my opinion that the reason they've been diagnosed is a lot more nefarious than they'll give you credit for. They're trying to bill hours in the prelude to a $100,000 surgery instead of just fixing a minor problem. That's what's wrong with this country right now is that the, the puppet strings are all controlled by people who don't give a fuck about you. That's all I have to say today. My only ask of you is that you give me a, a shout out. Tell me what your thoughts are. If you have a similar story and you can condense it to 59 seconds, please do so. If you have information for me, if you have a source of information, if you have uh, trusted sources of, of, of news like TYT, like Michael Moore, you know, there's lots of, you know, there's lots of outlets that are, that are coming up now. And I want to be a part of that. I want to be a part of the narrative that changes this country so that it actually represents you. I want this country to represent me. And I want this re- country to represent you. And the only way to do that is to make goddamn sure your voice is heard. So please give it. I appreciate you for listening to this.